What's up? <clears throat> Rowdy six, huh? Is that true? How many of you, how many of you are married? Make some noise, married people. Let me hear you. Okay. All right. How many of you have kids? All right. Pool's getting smaller. How many of you are single? How many of you are here tonight scoping and hoping? <laughs> He's like, right here, man. Right here. I love you. What's your name? Jay Money. Stand up, Jay Money. Ladies, Jay Money is in the house. Come on, Jay Money. Hey, can we have some fun tonight? Guys, I cussed last service. I don't know what's going to happen. I'd like to tell you what I said, but I, I can't do it again. And so um, <clears throat> it's Gary's fault. <laughs> I know you're, I was trying to say mixtape. I said something else. And I, I really want to tell you, but I can't. Um, so, so how many of you, how many of you, <laughs> some of you are like, I, how many of you have ever been given or received a mixtape? All right, how many of you, it was actually on a tape, a cassette? Anybody? Oh, come on. Okay, a few OGs. How many of you, uh, it was a CD. You burnt a CD for somebody. Yep, yeah, yep. And, okay, how many of you, all you know is the playlist? A few, you can be bold. It's okay. My son's, I told my son, I'm like, Dad, we're, Ethan, we're going to do a series called Mixtape. He's like, how old are you? You know, it has a playlist. We, some of, a lot of us have burned CDs. How many of you, anybody have the dual cassette deck? Anybody have a dual cassette player? Like three of you. Paul had one. All right. See, we used to have to work for our music, right? You take the songs from tape A and you can move them to tape B. You hit play over here and play and record over here, Paul. You remember the play and record. That's where the magic was. <clears throat> And then the, the OG, the real original gangsta of mixtape making was the single cassette boombox. Did anyone in here, anyone have a boombox? I'm the only one who, oh, there's a few of you. Okay. All right. So listen, so, so I'm going to talk about the mixtape here for a second. And, and we're going to go back into the 80s. So even if you weren't alive or don't know the songs personally, I'm looking for a little response. You can sing, you can move, you can, you can make some noise with them. Is that, does that sound fair? So, so when we would make mixtapes, like, and you know, those of you who had to burn CDs, same thing, depending on when you did it, but like, we didn't have Spotify, we didn't have iTunes, we didn't have YouTube, like, my son makes a playlist now for me in like 30 seconds with his thumb. You know what I mean? Like we worked for our music and, and to make a mixtape on one of those boom boxes, the only way you got the song was if you heard it on the radio, which meant if you're looking for a particular song, you got to wait. I mean, this could take days and days and days to make a mixtape, right? And if you're trying to win somebody's heart and it's the late 80s and you hear Coming in at number nine tonight on the top 40, it's Firehouse with Love of a Lifetime. You hit record on that. And it sounds like this. This was what we worshiped too. I'm telling you. You just, I mean, you could, you, that was it, right? You, you put that on a mixtape on Sunday. You've got a girlfriend on Monday. That's how it worked for us, all right? And, and if you, if, if you were like, you know what, 
I'm making a mixtape, but it's not necessarily to get a date. It's to make a statement because I got dumped. I can't. That was a thing, right? You get dumped and then you make a mixtape and your mixtape might sound something like this. Go ahead, Paul. It's just a different vibe. You know what I'm saying? It's a different message. My sister had 10 mixtapes with this song. Where are you at, Lori? Oh, there you are. Hey, Lori, will you stand up? Can you guys say hi to my sister, Lori? <clears throat> Jay Money. Jay Money, how old are you? I'm just saying. We'll talk later, Jay Money. <clears throat> Urban Dictionary said this about the mixtape. It's a homemade music compilation, usually on cassette or CD, that contains all your favorite tracks. Often you give such a compilation to the guy or gal of your fancy in hopes that it will help you win their heart. There's no way that girl can say no. Jay Money made her the greatest mixtape ever. And I don't know, I, I think you guys still do this, ladies. You'll know if you do or not. Um, it, it, it's different, right, because now it's a playlist. But in the 80s and, and early 90s, girls would make themselves mixtapes. You still do that? And usually it was on the heels of a bad breakup. And, and so some of you are like, I made myself a CD. And you would get every sad love song you can find. And in girls in the 80s, they put it on a cassette tape, put it in their Walkman, put their little fuzzy headphones on, lay in their room, stare at posters, and cry. That's what they did, right? And, and so it just depends on what you're trying to get accomplished with the mixed tape. But here's what we do know, whether for you it was a, an actual tape, burning a CD, making a playlist, like... Music and, and mixtapes, they move us, don't they? Uh, in fact, when you hear, isn't it crazy how you hear a certain song and it just like instantly takes you back, doesn't it? Like you just think of a time and a day and a place and a dance and the thing, and, right? And so that's why we call this mixtape because the idea for us is we want to talk about relationships and we want to talk about what would it be like if God were to move our relationships closer to what he actually has in mind for every single one of us. And that's the real goal. We want to have fun, but we also want to get real serious. We want to get into the Bible and we want to learn from the one who created relationships so we can do this thing his way. Today, we're going to make a dating mixtape. All right. And so if you're single, you better be taking notes today. We're going to make a dating mixtape. Now, if you're married, don't tune me out because I promise I'm going to challenge all of us in here that are married. And, and not only that, you're going to blink and you're, and you're going to be passing this on to kids. But in a church family like this, you're going to have all kinds of friends and people in your life that you love that you want to help them walk through stuff like this too. So although this is a dating mixtape that we're going to put together tonight, it really is for every single one of us. So if you have a Bible, flip open to Genesis chapter 24. If you got a phone, get Genesis 24 on your phone. It'd be great for you to read along. I'm going to say a prayer. You guys find the verse on your phone. God, I thank you so much. Um, that, that you've allowed us to be together tonight. I thank you that we have the privilege and the honor of getting together as family and friends and having fun in your house. And, and now, God, as we start to get into your word, I pray that you would speak to every single one of us. You know right where we're at. You know our hopes and our dreams. You know the, the things that are going really well in our relationships, and you know the, the struggles. And so, God, I pray you speak to every single one of us. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. If, okay, so we're going to start in Genesis 24, chapter 12. And like I said, I have four 
titles that we're going to put on our dating mixtape tonight. And the first one comes from a theologian that many of you may not know, but hopefully you've heard of him. His name is John Bon Jovi. Just you and me know this one, Lauren. When I did, when I play this in, in Denver, everybody sings. When I play it here, you all look at me like, I don't know who you speak of. <laughs> Genesis 24, 12. Um, let, let me set it up. So, so Abraham, it's the end of his life. One of the things that's most important to him is that his son Isaac finds a wife, right? Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, they started the nation of Israel, right? So he wants his son Isaac to find a wife. So he he calls his, his guy, he says, look, you're my guy. I need you to help me out. I need you to get a wife for my son. And he says, I want make sure you don't go there. I want you to go over here. We're going to talk about, about why that's so important here in a minute. Don't go over there. Go over here. Go to this specific area, this specific place. Go find a wife for my son, Isaac. He says, I promise I'm on it. He gets a crew. He gets the camels. He takes off. Here we start. Genesis 24, 12. Then he prayed. That's why title number one for our dating mixtape is living on a prayer. Then he prayed, Lord God of my master Abraham, make me successful today and show kindness to my master Abraham. And, and I want to remind you something that most of you already know, but it's this, God's power works in and through people who pray. And so when it comes to, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for a spouse that I'm going to try to spend the rest of my life with. I mean, it's the most important decision you'll make other than your relationship with God. So why would you ever want to start down this path without asking the creator of the universe for his power to be working in and through your life as you go on this relational hunt, right? That's what we want. And, and I want to challenge you uh, on two areas of prayer today. One is the talking part, which we sort of do on autopilot. And the other one is the listening. And, and I want to hit listening first, because the truth is, is if you're in this room and you're single, you're like, bro, you don't need to tell me to pray to find a wife. You don't need to tell me to pray to find a husband. Like, that's all I pray about. You know what I mean? Like, isn't that true? Like, that's the first thing I wake up in the morning. I'm like, oh, what time is it? God, help me find a husband. What? You know what I mean? Like, it just, we do. You, when you're single and you know you're scoping and you're hoping, like, you just pray nonstop. God, help me find that special someone. I want to talk to you single people, though, about the listening side of prayer for just a minute. Because let me remind you of this. You don't just want God's power working in and through your life. You also want his wisdom. You want his discernment. You want his guidance. And think about this. If you're going to have a conversation, prayer is a conversation with God, right? If you're going to have a conversation with the creator of the universe, he created you. He created your future spouse. He created love. He created relationships. He created marriage. Wouldn't it be crazy for us to have a conversation with him about relationships and never let him do any talking? right? Like we want his wisdom. We want his guidance. We want him to speak into our lives as we are looking to make this unbelievably important decision, right? In fact, for me, the, fir the first time I think I ever heard God's voice, and it wasn't like an out loud thing. It was just like a thought in my mind. The first time I would tell you I ever heard God's voice was I was a young adult, newly saved, 
praying the same prayer that every newly saved young adult prays, which is, God, please bring the right girl into my life. God, please bring the right guy into my life, right? And, and, I, and I was explaining to God, like, God, you know, I've messed up so much with relationships, and I want to do relationships your way this time. And if you just bring the right girl into my life, like, she'll push me closer to you, and we'll be accountable, and we'll do this whole thing your way. Like, you guys know, you prayed the exact same thing, okay? And, and all this, but, but see, what God knew, and something that I didn't want to admit at the time, God knew I had been for the most part, really codependent upon relationships ever since I'd been an adult. And what God knew is, no, 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 you don't need another relationship to depend on. You need to learn to be in my presence and depend on me and start to build a foundation on me so that when you meet that special someone, you can take the unrealistic expectations off of them to make you happy and make you complete and make you fulfilled. And you can actually get those things through me. So I, I I didn't want to admit that. And so, so here I am, I'm praying, God, please give me a girl. And I, and I know exactly what he said. It was just this thought in my head. And I'm like, it, 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 it's not something I would think about. And I don't like it. So it's probably from God. And, and the thought was, you don't need a girl. You need me. And it was true. And, and, and because, and this is something that some of you will understand. See, I needed to, to start to become the man of God that I knew I could be. I needed to start to become the man of God that he was calling me to be. Because if I hadn't have taken that time to spend time just getting a foundation in God and learning my identity in God to the point where I don't have to lean on somebody else for a relationship for my identity. Here's the thing. I would have been hunting for a girl who's like sold out for God and has this great relationship with God. And when, then when we met her, she wouldn't have been interested in me. Andy Stanley says, are you becoming the person that the person you're looking for is looking for? Because if you're not, wouldn't that be tragic? God, I'm just waiting for somebody who's all about you and I'm waiting for the right person. And you finally cross paths and they're not interested in you. Because you haven't spent that time going, I'm going to build a foundation with God. My identity is going to be in him. I could, you could come and go. I don't need you. I need him. And that's what my life is built on. And relationships are just a bonus on top of that. And so I just want to challenge some of you single people. Spend some time, maybe this week. Of course, you're going to keep praying, God, help me find the one. I get it. But what if you also said, and... I'm just going to shut up for a little bit in your presence. Like you speak to me. I need your wisdom. I need your guidance. I'm going to get in your word and just ask you, you speak to me about this stuff, right? And, and then when it comes to the talking part of prayer, I want to talk to all the married people for just a second. Because I think it's a sad tragedy but I think it's all too often true that we pray like crazy. God, help me find the person, find the person, find the person. Then we get married and we quit, quit praying for them. And, and I think we ought to ratchet up our prayer life after we get married. And what if, what if the one thing that would change your marriage more than anything else right now is the fact that what if you went into your prayer closet and began to pray victory into your spouse, confidence into your spouse, peace into your spouse? What if you prayed for your spouse more than you tried to get your way, more than you tried to change their mind, more than you tried to change who they are, more than you tried to have them see things your way? What if you prayed for your spouse so much? Because here's what happens. It'll begin to change you. 
And then your heart will change and you'll start to see things their way. You'll start to forgive easier. You'll start to repent faster. You'll start to want them to win more. And when you got a husband and a wife both praying for each other, I want you to win. No, I want you to win because God's doing some stuff in me. I think, think about that relationship. It's hard to break that relationship up, isn't it? Married people, would you start praying for your spouse in a way that maybe you just haven't been recently? And single people, would you start listening in prayer? in a way that maybe you just haven't recently. Because what we do wanna do is we wanna make sure that we are living on a prayer, right? Prayer changes things, guys. God's power works in and through people who pray and it changes relationships. I've seen it. I was sitting in a, in a church auditorium with my wife. My wife, I can't wait for you guys to meet her. I know some of you are from Denver and you know Jill, but I can't wait for the rest of you to meet my wife. She's so much better than me and she's just awesome. And, but we've been married um, uh, December 12th. It was 20 years. Isn't that crazy? And so 21 years ago, we were sitting in the church auditorium in Illinois where we met. And uh, we were just talking, we were engaged and we were talking about the wedding because that's all you do when you're engaged is talk about the wedding. And so we we're talking about the wedding. And then out of the blue, she's like, hey, you know, she goes, I, I knew you were going to propose to me. And I was like, you did not. I was so stealth, like, no, not a chance. Like, I, I killed you with that proposal. You had no idea it was coming. She's like, oh, I already knew. I knew before you asked me out for the first time. And I'm like, okay, this, now it's weird. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And she got out a calendar and she goes, well, she, she goes, see, when I, he I heard you share your testimony at church and it was last year, June, on that week that you said that you, when you lived in LA and you were super depressed and drug addicted and the whole thing, you sat down to take your own life and it was like the hardest week of your life and you almost took your own life. And I was like, yes, you know, that, that's obviously, that was my story. And, and she's like, well, what you didn't know is I was on the other side of the country and God woke me up in the middle of the night and he told me to start praying for my future husband. And what's crazy is, is I had a serious boyfriend at the time. And she said, I remember I went to my mom and I said, mom, I can't tell you why I know this, but I just know this right now. We need to pray for my future husband and it's not the boy I'm dating. Listen to this, on the other side of the country, when I was in the worst part of my life and I thought God didn't care and I thought God didn't have a plan and I thought I would never come out of the tailspin that I was in, he had two women on the other side of the country that I'd never met yet praying miracles into my life. I'm telling you, church, God's power works through people who pray. Pray for your spouse, pray for your future spouse, pray for your kid's spouse. It's never too early and it's never too late. God's power works through people who pray. The second title for our dating mixtape is Location, Location, Location. When you are looking for a spouse, single people, remind yourself constantly, location matters. Where you look determines who you find. Location matters. Let's go back to Genesis we're going to reread verse 12 and then we'll keep moving. Then he prayed, Lord God of my master Abraham, make me successful today and show kindness to my master Abraham. He knows God's power works through people who pray. Before I ever even meet this girl, I'm praying. But then he says this. He talk, starts talking about location. He says, see, I'm standing beside this spring. 
And the daughters of the townspeople are coming out to draw water. See, him and Abraham had already decided, don't go over there because I know what kind of girls live over there. I want you to go over here. So he said, God, I've already prayed. And now before I ever even start talking to a girl, before I ever even meet anybody, I'm also acknowledging in front of you to the best of my ability, I'm putting myself in the right place to meet the right people because location matters. He would miraculously meet this girl, Rebecca. They would end up she would end up becoming Isaac's wife. You can read about her throughout the Bible. But, here, but he's later talking about this experience. And listen to what he says as he's kind of praising God for everything God did. He said, I praise the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, who had led me on the... That's it. That means there's a wrong road too. He led me on the right road to get the granddaughter of my master's brother for his son. He said, listen, I have prayed. I'm asking God's power to be working through me, but I've been putting myself in the right place. I went down the right road with the right people heading to the right location because I know that's where I'll meet the right person. See, too many of your stories, truth be told, and I know this because I lived it, it's my story too. Too many of us have really sad stories about I went down the wrong road. Spent a lot of time with the wrong people, right? Got the wrong result. Lived with a lot of regret. Because we've been listening to people teach us about how to discover relationships. We've been listening to people like Flo Rida. Jay, jump it low. <laughs> He's like, uh -uh. <laughs> Some of you are like, I don't know. Can I enjoy this? I don't know what to do. Am I, I'm in church. I don't know what I can, can I, what? Where do I stop? Have fun. What, what, what's Ethan say? You didn't find the best church. You found a fun one though. See, the problem is though, is, is truthfully, every song you listen to just about says, look, man, just go to the club and, and that's where you're going to find them and just go to the dance floor. And, and Flo Rida says, look for the apple bottom jeans and the boots with the fur and maybe baggy sweatpants and the Reeboks with the strap, which don't hate on the Reeboks with the strap because they were amazing. But like, if she can drop it low, then, I, then this must be the one. Right? But how many of you, I mean, really, if I just went, okay, guys, let's stop having fun and get real serious and just let's pass the mic around. So many of you, story after story after story after story would be one of the, one of the hardest times in my life was I went down the wrong road and, and, and found the wrong people and hooked up with the wrong person. And right? I mean, it's real. Ask, you don't even have to have grown up in church. You've probably heard of Samson and Delilah. Samson was this was this guy with this incredible calling on his life from God and, and he hooks up with the wrong girl and it cost him everything. And when I first read that story, if you would have asked me like, what was, the, what, what was his biggest mistake? Like when did everything go wrong for Samson? I'd say, oh, it was when he hooked up with Delilah. But the truth is that's not when everything went wrong. Everything started going wrong for Samson. Go back and read the story. His parents spent a lot of time going, please, whatever you do, son, don't go to Timnah. Don't go down there looking for women. You're just going to get yourself in trouble. His biggest mistake wasn't oh, hooking up with Delilah had a lot of bad co consequences. But when, when everything went really wrong for him is when he started down the road to Timnah looking for a date. He went down the wrong road 
ended up in the wrong place. That's why he hooked up with the wrong girl and had all kinds of regret. I'm telling you, single people, location matters. I w- I, if, if I was single and this was my church, I'd be here at both services every Sunday. I'm just saying. <laughs> and, and just as a side note, the hope is that you really do go, I don't want this just to be something I show up at occasionally. I'm going to get bought into this place. I'm going to be a part of this family, a part of this mission. And the hope is that you would come to both services anyways, serve at one and then attend one. Because as a church family, we're going to make a difference for the kingdom of God here. We're going to welcome home prodigals and we need everybody bought in so we can welcome them home by the truckloads here. But see, if I was single, even selfishly, I'd be a both. And look, you don't have to just meet the right person at church. And, and truth be told, and this will be some of your stories, you can even meet the wrong people at church. I'm very aware of that, right? But listen, if you say what's really, really important to me is I want to end up with somebody who has a heart after God, then why wouldn't you start looking for him in the house of God, Right? And so I would get here on the weekends. I would be serving like crazy because serving's where you really start to have fun and get behind the scenes and you meet a bunch of people. I'd be in a life group for sure. I'd even go to art with Ethan on Thursdays. You know what I'm saying? Like I'd do it all. Ethan, I really do miss you. Hey, location matters because where you look determines who you find, right? The next title, would you go ahead and put that up? The next title of our series of our uh, dating mixtape is comes from a uh, group of female theologians called the Spice Girls. Oh, there it is. <laughs> Not the best church fun church. Okay, so. Put those titles back up if you would. Some of you need to, need to write this one down. You need to start focusing on what you really, really want. Because the problem is, is too many people go dating without a plan. You go looking for a relationship before you even know what you're actually looking for. You've never spent time to figure out what you really, really want. So what you end up doing is settling for about anything. Listen, let's go, let's go back to the story. Verse 13 and 14. He says, see, I'm in the right place. I'm standing beside the spring and the daughters of the townspeople are coming out to draw water. But understand this, before he ever talks to a girl, he already knows what he's looking for. May it be that when I say to a young woman, please let down your jar that I may have a drink. And she says, drink and I'll water your camels too. Let her be the one you have chosen for your servant Isaac. He knew what he was looking for before he ever started looking. Proverbs 29, 18 says this, where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no vision, relationships fail. Too many times we go looking before we even know what we're looking for. And then you end up with stuff you never wanted in the first place. Some of your dating lives look like like when you go to the grocery store real hungry without a list. All kinds of stuff starts to look good, doesn't it? Stuff that you know you don't want in your life starts to look real good because I'm just hungry, right? And what I want is like chicken, 
but I don't even know where the chicken cooler is. And what I see is a candy aisle and the little Debbie's and the ice cream. And so it looks good and I'm hungry, so I'll just grab that. And then I'll go out to the car, eat two little Debbie's, half a tub of ice cream, go home, put my fat pants on, have nothing but regret and be like, I'm never eating again. And some of you are like, that's what my dating life looks like. I go shopping hungry, but I don't really know what I want. And so I see something that looks yummy and I take it home. Then have a bunch of regret. Then sit around home crying in my fat pants, making mixtapes, going, I'm never dating again. Till next month when you go back to the store without a list, hungry. And it's a cycle. And you keep bringing the wrong stuff home. You keep settling for stuff you really don't want in your life because you're going shopping hungry with no list, with no plan. You got to have a plan. You got to know what you really, really want before you go looking. Somebody told me to do this when I had just gotten saved and I was a young adult and I wasn't smart enough to do anything like that. And they're like, bro, you're a wreck. Like you've got to get a plan. And so I spent a lot of time in prayer and I started writing out things that I want. And listen, it's okay to put the fire emoji on the list. Like I want it hot. Like I'm not going to lie. Like, I want, I want to be attracted to her, right? But here's what you need to know. There better be some other characteristics that you're looking for other than the fire emoji because I'm telling you this, no matter what his biceps look like, no matter how good the curves are, let me tell you something. Father, time, and gravity are undefeated. You can put off the inevitable. Gravity is undefeated. You better have something on the list that you want to live the rest of your life with. Are there things that he has? Are there characteristics in his life that you know what? I'm willing to, as a wife, say, you lead me for the rest of my life. You be the spiritual head of our household. I would like to submit to your authority. Men, are there some things on your list where you say, you know what? For the rest of our lives, I'm going to love you like Christ loved the church, and I'm going to give up everything for you. Fire emojis are awesome. I want them on the list, but it better go deeper than that. What do you want? to live the rest of your life with. Figure it out ahead of time before you start looking. And so I put together this list and the fire emoji was on the list. But there was also stuff like, I want a woman of God. And I want someone who's loving and kind and generous. And like, I just wrote it all out. And what's really cool is, is the night I proposed to Jill, I gave her two things. I gave her a ring and I gave her my list. And, and what I didn't know, and this is really, but see, I was able to look at her and go, look, this is not based on just emotions. This is not me just sort of doing something that I don't really haven't thought through. No, I have thought this through. I have prayed this through. I know exactly the kind of person I want to live the rest of my life with. And you are it. And I gave her the list. And what's really cool is, and I didn't know this would happen. I was a young kid. She framed the list and it still sits on her dresser today, 20 years later in marriage. I'm telling you, know what you really, really want before you start looking. It'll change your dating. And, and title number four is this. Sold out. Sold out. There's a guy in Denver and a bunch of team here knows Conrad. He's the uh, campus pastor at our Littleton campus. It's about uh, four or 5,000 people go to the Littleton campus. Conrad's the, the pastor of that campus. And, and he's just annoyingly built like a Greek God. Okay. It's true, isn't it? I mean, it's just like, you just go, stop, just stop it. Like what, what? Stop it. Did you work out twice today? Like you're disgusting. And so, 
He had, a t- he had this T-shirt on the other day, and, and it, I was preaching at the four, and, and he was doing the welcome, and, he, and I was looking at the T-shirt, and, and it just it, it sort of escaped me that he's built the way he's built. And so what I thought is, like, if I had that T-shirt, I would look just like that. And so I talked to him. I was like, bro, I've seen you wear a couple T-shirts from this. Like, where are you getting these? And he goes, oh, it's this website. You gave me the website. So in between the two services, I'm like on my phone trying to, because I'm going to look just like him. I can tell. And so I'm trying to order the shirts. Well, I get on the website and like I wanted the white one and I wanted the black one and I wanted the short sleeve and I wanted the long sleeve and I'll get them all if I'm going to look like that, right? Well, none of them are available. And so I'm texting him back. I'm like, dude, what, what's going on? He's like, I don't know. They just like, they just did a new drop. I don't know what everything. And, and there's this color and that was gross and there's like some inappropriate graphics and I was like I'd wear it but I'll get too many emails if I preach in it so it's not worth it and so like and so I sent him back a text and as soon as I saw what he texted him all of a sudden I had this thought like that's the line every single person needs to remember and this is what I texted my friend Conrad I texted him back and I said hey all the good ones are sold out single people you are looking for sold out for Jesus. And so as you start walking around, looking around, scoping and hoping, doing whatever you're doing and praying and putting yourself in the right spot and even at church, you're not looking for, yeah, I've been to church a couple times. Yeah, my family's religious. Yeah, I'm a spiritual person. Yeah, I was baptized as a baby. Uh-uh. You're looking for, this was what my life was like before Jesus. This was the day I asked him to take over my life. This is how my life's been different. This is how I actively pursue him today. I'm telling you, single people, you're looking for sold out for Jesus. All the good ones are sold out. Let's go back to the text. Flip over to uh, verse 50 or scroll to 50 if you're on your phone. He meets Rebecca at the well. I'm going to fast forward through a whole bunch of stuff for time. He meets Rebecca at this well. He, He prays. He's in the right spot. He's already got a list. Everything's working out. He goes to her house, meets her family, spends the night, gets up, has breakfast. He's like, this is it. Like God has answered all of our prayers. She's the one. So he says to the family, can I take Rebecca back and introduce her to Isaac? Talking to the dad and the brother. Laban and Bethuel answered, This is from the Lord. We can say nothing to you one way or the other. Here's Rebecca. Take her and go and let her become the wife of your master's son as the Lord has directed. Here's what her brother and dad said. They said, let me tell you how we roll here. For us, for us, we've already made this decision long before things get rocky, long before decisions get confusing, long before situations get foggy. We serve God in this house. So this is from God. You know, see what he said? Like, there's nothing I can even say. We don't even have to have a conversation. We can. I got all kinds of questions. This doesn't make a lot of sense. We didn't see this coming. But see, in my house, we serve God. And what we know is this is from God. So absolutely, she can go. Well, mom overhears this and she comes in and goes, he's right. We do serve God. I'm down. But this is my daughter we're talking about. Does she have to leave now? Can you give it like a week and a half? Because she stayed for a week and a half. Okay. But her brother and mother replied, let the young woman remain with us 10 days or so. Then you may go. But he said to them, do not detain me now that the Lord has granted success to my journey. Send me on my way so I may go to my master. Then they said, well, let's get Rebecca in here. Let's call the young woman and ask her about it. So they called Rebecca and they asked her, 
Will you go with this man? It's your choice. Picture her parents. It's your choice, babe. We've raised you. We trust you. It's your choice. She said, I will go. See, what Rebecca says is, you heard my dad. We serve God in this house. That's all that matters. Am I scared? Of course I'm scared. I've known you a day. I never met Isaac. This is my family. This is all I know. This is my comfort. This is my security. This is all I've ever known my whole life. But see, for whatever reason, we believe God has spoken. And in this house, we serve God. And I happen to be sold out for God. So although it scares me to death, I'll go. And she goes. And I think if we could talk to Isaac today and go, Isaac, man, we're trying to get this relationship thing down. We're trying to do this stuff God's way. What's the number one thing we want to look for as single people? What's the thing that you go, you can, you can get gray area about everything else. If there's one thing, what do we want to be looking for? I think he would say, you want sold out for God. Because listen, here's what he would understand. This is not just, marriage is not just about like I'm lonely right now and we'll be companions right now in this little phase of life that we're in. Marriage is about our future, our destiny, and our calling that God has on the rest of our lives. And see, Isaac would understand this because if you go read the whole story, and Corey, you guys can come up whenever you want. If you go read the whole story, at the very beginning, Abraham and his guy are having this talk about going to find Rebecca, right? And, and his guy says, hey, what if, what if I go on this trip and what if I meet Rebecca and, and what if I tell her all about Isaac, but she doesn't want to come back? Should we have Isaac go there? Should we have Isaac move to her? And Abraham gets real defensive. And he goes, no, 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 no. He goes, and he starts talking about calling. He starts talking about destiny. He starts talking about God's promises. He said, no, you don't understand. God has made a promise to me and my descendants, which starts with my son, Isaac. God has a calling on our family and it takes place right here where we're at. So don't you dare let a woman come into his life that will take him farther from the calling that God has on his life. Women, don't you dare let a man wiggle his way into your life if he's going to pull you farther from the calling that God has on your life. You're looking for sold out. When you find that special someone, they will have so much respect for you. They will want you to win so badly that they will, even on the days you don't want to move, they will continually push you closer to God and closer to the calling that he has on your life. That's what you're looking for. That's why sold out is so important. I'm telling you, it's not just about the here and now. And, and I only get to tell you this because I've just lived more years than a bunch of you. And I know that's not everybody, but a bunch of you. And I have been married 20 years and I've watched this thing play out. See, 15 years ago, right? So, so I'm five years into marriage. We had a one-year-old son and my wife was pregnant with our second son and we lived in Illinois. We had just spent 18 months building our dream house. It was everything we wanted. Both had good jobs, had health insurance. She's pregnant, that's important. Multiple family members had moved to the city we lived in so they could just be closer to us. Like we had family in town, we got our dream house in town. All of our best friends lived there, like we're set. 
And I come home one day. We hadn't even unpacked all the boxes in this new house. And I come home one day and I'm like, hey, babe, we got to talk. I've been fasting and praying and asking God about our future. I said, I know this sounds crazy. What if we sold it all? Like, I don't even know if we can sell this house for enough to pay for it. And what if we moved away from all of our family and all of our friends? And what if we both quit our jobs and we lost our health insurance? And what if we moved to a city where we didn't have any family and we didn't have any jobs and I have no clue how we're gonna pay for a place to live. Like I have no answers, but what if we moved with some friends and tried to start a church? Most Christian women would have throat punched me. You know what I'm saying? I just saw a girl going, mm-hmm, yep, yep, yes, she should have. And I remember Jill was like, you really think this is it? And I'm like, I don't have much, many answers, like, but I think, and I know it's crazy. And I remember she was like, babe, this, this, this scares me to death. But if you think it's God, then none of this matters. Let's go. See, and so, so I live in Denver, Colorado today, and I get to work at this church called Red Rocks Church, and I've gotten to meet a whole bunch of you, and I get to be here this weekend. Listen, I don't do any of this stuff. The only reason I got to do this is because 20 years ago, I married a girl who is sold out for Jesus. And it has changed my whole future. And the problem with, with, with the here and now is you can't see that stuff coming. You don't know what God's going to call you to in the future. But you want to be doing life with somebody who's sold out for Jesus so you can step into it when it happens. I want to challenge you in your prayer life. Single people, ask God to start speaking to you a little bit more than you speak to him right now. Watch what happens. Married people, would you start praying for your spouse on a level that you just haven't before? Single people, remember, what would you put those four up? Location matters. I want you to see them. Location, 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 location matters. Where you look will determine who you find. It's important. Might mean you need to make some tough decisions. It might, might mean you need to start asking my, yourself, what do I really want in life? Because this is the direction I'm going and who I've been going with. But if this is really what I want in life, what am I willing to do? And for some of you, it... It might be a change of direction. It might even mean looking at some people that you love and, and, and changing the relationship, not pushing anybody out, but just changing the relationship a little bit. Location matters. Start asking yourself, what do you really want? Start getting a plan. You need to know what you're looking for before you go looking. And then I'm telling you, don't you dare settle for anything less than sold out. You deserve it. You deserve to be able to experience the plans God has for your life. Let me pray for you. God, I thank you so much that you've brought us all here together in this moment. And, and I know that, that this talk brings up a whole lot of emotions and makes us all start thinking in different ways about different people and different scenarios and what ifs. And 
can I really trust God? And, and it doesn't feel like it's working right now. And it doesn't feel like, and I don't understand what's going to come next. I know the whole game, God. I pray right now that you would be with us in such a real way that as we begin to worship you in music, that people who have been just torn up on the inside over past relationships, current relationships, the fact that there isn't one when I wish there was one, the fact that I wish one was that used to be, whatever the case may be. I pray that as we begin to worship you, that we could stand up with some confidence. We could stand up with some peace, knowing that the creator of the universe has our future and our present relationships fully under control. We can rely on that. We can stand on that and we can rest in that. And God, I speak victory into the relational lives of every single person into this room right now in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Would you guys stand up? Let's worship.